You are listening to a Music Secrets Exposed podcast documentary series in association with Waterfall Music and the Paul Lloyd Warner Foundation. listening to a bonus episode which is acting as a special bonus uh, where Paul wants to speak about what the current and future projects are concerning waterfall music and the Paul Lloyd Warner Foundation. So Paul a special bonus episode so what do you want to explore in this special episode? The universe and beyond what else? <laughs> but actually we can bring it down to music and that would be um i mentioned in our last episode that i've been working on an album called compassion a symphony for humanity and i think you play part of it in in the uh, podcast number 11 so people can get a taste of it yeah um, the final podcast yes the final in the documentary it, it, series Final, yes. Uh, it's, a, it's a big album, a big concept album that uh, really uh, touches my heart like almost no other album that I've ever done. It's, but I say that maybe about all the albums. So, but this one really has a special philosophy to it. It's very deep, very metaphysical, uh, and it's, it's really worth listening to i mean there are several long pieces in here uh one i have a piece from mother earth for violin and orchestra which is dear to my heart because i i created it for my mother who had just recently passed at the time in 1995 when i recorded it uh, the symphony for humanity is more recent uh and it's uh, just a big leap in music, as far as I'm concerned, from what I've done before. But now beyond that, uh, I expect that album to be released sometime in the spring, um, as we mentioned before. But I've also composed an album about the ocean, about the whales. It's a symphony for the whales. It's actually called the Whale Symphony. But it does have a title above it dawn over the ocean beautiful beautiful dawn over and the ocean. it is something else too i have to say i'm sorry i'm editorializing my own work and i shouldn't do that uh, nevertheless it, it's 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 a very beautiful work i feel it's a it's an honor honoring the ocean and the intelligence in the ocean so it's about the whales there is a, a dolphin or two in there so it's about the cetaceans. Cetaceans are the dolphins of whales. And they are grand creatures. Uh, they have a great mind of the whales, depending on the race of whales. They, they really think. And they uh, are the underwater philosophers, so to speak. 
There's something very interesting happening in the Bahamas. I was watching a documentary on Netflix there just a few days ago about a special connection that's happening between people who understand these sea creatures and the, the very close relationship that they've developed. They were showing shots of, just picture this, men in diving suits stroking and petting wild marine animals and these were different kinds of whales some even were sharks believe it or not but it was stunning it was just to think that that intelligence is there and once they feel comfortable the marine mammals once they feel comfortable they will come close once you understand how the behavior happens in their world i just thought it was the most moving documentary i've seen in quite a while it also illustrated a, a, a serious point is as the nature of our oceans at present, which means that they are completely stressed out from our actions, that we have to change our ways to make this planet a healthier place. And I won't go into that in depth because it's the beauty we want to speak about of the ocean. And what was so impactful was that when you step back to observe, step back to observe and watch and then go in and connect what can happen well yes the um uh you can take a tour now to the bahamas uh and you can legally go play with the dolphins because they don't have the environmental laws that we have here in the u.s you're not allowed to come near the dolphins and play with them here unless the dolphin comes to you then you can't help it However, in uh, the Bahamas, you can go and actually interact with wild dolphins there. And I know someone who takes people there yearly, uh, usually in the fall. They run into hurricanes, so now they're doing it in late, late summer. And they go play with dolphins and they photograph it. And the dolphins love it. The dolphins love the human interaction. It's amazing. <laughs> like, even like when you analyze this from um, a conceptual point of view of how close humans can get to animals and that beautiful connection that sustains the soul part of our being. Imagine a world where the oceans are completely empty and destroyed. Imagine a world where nature is so stressed out that you don't have access to the natural world with all its richness of flora and fauna and animal life. It's such a special thing to connect. Oh gosh, yes. Uh, it's it's like connecting with another human being from another language in another country that you've never seen before, but only better because you're dealing with a different species, and therefore uh, it's the the way they interact with you, the way they come near you and let you touch them, the way they move around after you touch them and you follow them and play. The truth is we need it. As humans, we need that connection. We need the connection of love. And when we are loved, when we're touched and we're held and we're held dearly, then of course that's something that those humans who have that are the luckiest people in the world because they really have that kind of love. Uh, however, we're adventurous people and we like to go out and meet the world and see it. So the whales and dolphins 
especially the dolphins. You can really interact with them and play with them. Uh, for example, uh, I live in Southern California in the San Diego area. Uh, just north of here, no more than one hour's drive, there's an area in Orange County called Dana Point. It's, it's a, right on the water. There's a small harbor there. And you can go there and you can take one of the, the, the dolphin whale boats and go out to the, into the uh, open sea. Well, as you're going out on these whale sightseeing boats, Oftentimes, unlike last time, um, I was not on it last time, but it was reported back to me that these little baby dolphins just came out, the mothers, and there was a lot of birth, and the mothers just came and wanted to show off their little baby dolphins to the humans. And you see the little tiny baby dolphins. I saw it once before, uh, a few years back. It's just little baby dolphins. They're so small and with big eyes, and they're coming, and they're looking at me. You know, and it's so wonderful to experience life at that at that power. And then the mothers call them back and they go back and now you see just the adult females. And they're escorting the boat, they're all around. Sometimes there's hundreds of them surrounding the boat. Uh, and I'm not overemphasizing this, it's the truth. And then you go out and then you leave them and then you go out to open waters and you're looking for mostly blue whales because the blue whales uh, love to come around there too. And the blue whale, of course, is the largest of all the whales. And the one that escapes us tremendously. I mean, you can't really have a human interaction with a blue whale other than take a boat and come near it and allow it to respond to the boat, but not to you. You can't go pet them or anything. I mean, these things are a hundred feet long. Their tongues, the tongues of the size of a Volkswagen. Oh my goodness. My goodness. <laughs> Just a tongue. So, you know, you're dealing with, with, with the largest creature who ever lived, larger than any dinosaur. I mean, it's the largest creature who ever existed on Earth. And they're here and they're not prehistoric. They do come from prehistoric times, but they're modern, wonderful whales. But we go out to look for them. So you have that album, which is entitled Dawn Over the Ocean. And following that album, what's after that? Stars. An album called Stars. I already created that album several years back. I'm modernizing it now, adding some pieces to it. Uh, but, you know, for me, of course, I think anyone who is philosophically minded, no matter in what field, you're going to ponder the stars. Now that the James Webb uh, telescope is up, and even though it's not ready yet to, to receive images, it's going to show us deeply into the universe that might be shocking. We don't know exactly, but the scientists or astronomers are warning us that yes, what we find may be very, very shocking. I don't know what they're talking about. I think they may be looking into black holes and seeing what happens with time and space and all that kind of thing. But nevertheless, the universe, all the stars, I mean, we can't know them all, there's too many. And most of the stars we see are actually galaxies. 
We're looking at a galaxy, a cluster of stars of maybe a hundred, few hundred, mil, billion, billion stars around. I think it's beyond human comprehension to even go beyond that type of language to describe it. You know, it's so huge. It is so huge, but here, here's the kicker. Here's the kicker, Sylvia, is that the hugeness and the colossal size of the universe is something ever expanding in our minds because we see great pictures from the Hubble, we learn more, we see farther out. And so we as humans get to look further and more distant. But in this gigantic, unbelievable, colossal time and space of which there's just no end to it, is that whatever conception we have of it takes place in just a few square inches inside the mind, in the brain. So we're trying to blow that open to think outside the box. Well, outside the box comes to it, and we are able to use that little bit, the few square inches of, of the cerebral cortex to think, to ponder, to philosophize, to imagine, to, uh, to make happen. Uh, expand and, the creative process even. Yeah, because, you know, it's, we're going to really think about what kind of life must be out there in the universe? We couldn't be the only place where there's life. I think it's a bit uh, so, egotistical to say that we are the only life form. Only because we haven't yet discovered and connected yeah. with any other. Yeah, you know, there have been individual connections. So people say, and, oh, I met aliens. And we know about this every day. But that's not what it's about. It's, it's really about um, knowing that one day, one day, we will be able to communicate with another intelligent civilization. And we're preparing for that day by learning how to communicate with animals, specifically in this case, the cetaceans, dolphins okay. and whales. Okay. Because they're, they're, as in other species, they're mammals, they're close to us. It's not like we're, we're trying to uh, communicate with lizards. You know, that might be a little hard. Um, uh, or snakes. How can you communicate with a snake? That seems to be impossible. Yes, in India they have farming. So what album comes after Stars? I'm, I don't know. I'm going to investigate um, the universe even more than I have. And I would like to create an album where music, I should say, I'd like to create music 
I hate to say this, it, it sounds so highfalutin, you know, it, it's, it, it's hard to speak out words of something that has not yet been created. But I am interested in intelligent civilizations. I'd like to investigate that and find out through my own mind what I may be able to discover from my own and then put that into music and put that to language. I already have put it to language, by the way, quite a bit. But that's another story uh, in, in the poetry, so we won't discuss that. But the music is more meditational music, more music for relaxation and healing or the healing effect of music. Uh, I think I'd like to spend the rest of my life investigating the universe and doing music for relaxation, healing, for well-being, for happiness and joy. Well, I think this world needs it. This world so needs it. And for those that need kind of something in their environment to help them feel and trigger and cause that emotion to be felt, sounds of music can really help that to happen. So, yeah. I've heard, I'm sure you may have heard too, that um, I've heard that, that when in certain people, when they, when they pass away, that they, um, on their journey to uh, wherever they're going, they will see lights that have never appeared on earth, colors that have never been seen because the human retina can only pick up certain colors. That's right, yeah. But when we leave the body, then the eyes are no longer working and mm -hmm. that the soul of the individual is able to see lights of colors that are unbelievably beautiful indeed. Now we can't recreate those colors, but we can try to uh, describe them uh, and portray them in a way uh, I, I'd like to look at the rich color tapestry through sound and change sound somewhat to, to kind of replicate those colors. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't even know if and when I'll be able to do it. But it's a dream for me. Uh, and that's all I can say. I'd like to go in that direction and find, explore new things. Very good. So what else would you like to share in this bonus episode for our listeners to learn more or maybe go online and find out about? Well, you know, one of the reoccurring themes and ideas that have gone through this entire series is the subject of that wonderful woman who was my spiritual teacher, Hanabiri, affectionately known as Nana meaning grandmother in Hawaiian. Uh, and uh, I'd like to end the series, end this bonus with her because uh, she taught me so much. And we've spoken about before about uh, how important it is to stand guard at your mind and only allow the positive thoughts, the good thoughts to come through and don't allow any of the negative thinking 
the fear, um, you know, and, and any negative thoughts that pass through into our minds. So our minds are not going to think or ponder those things anymore. We can do that. But I don't want to end there. I'd like to, I think, discuss, maybe end with what she taught me about prayer. Okay. Because prayer is something that's practiced throughout the world. Yes, it is. I uh, practice in, it myself. Yes. And uh, in, in virtually all, all spiritual traditions, there is there's always room for prayer. Muslims, the, the Jews, of course, the Christians, Hindus. Prayer is uh, something, maybe the Buddhists have to it, but the others do. So, uh, according to Nana, you know, prayer is not what it's not. First, I'll discuss what it's not. It's not supplication to God. It's not like saying, oh, God. I please send me an 85 inch flat screen TV. I need one. Please get me one. That's not what prayer is about. Prayer is about anyone that you know of, who've heard about, who's close to you or close to someone else uh, who needs some healing. That's one way of using prayer. And that, uh, when you pray, you don't say to God, oh, please heal this other person. What you do is you recognize the power of the universe to do the healing. And that's what you pray for. You pray for the, the power, the energy, uh, the, the love, uh, the, uh, just the amazing qualities of God to come through into that person, into them and surround them with the healing power. That sort of thing. And yes, if it's a spinal condition, then you put your mind into the spine, you know, and then you, you ask, you don't ask, you, you, you are able to feel the truth and present the truth the power to heal, God's power to heal. That's one example. If someone comes to me, as I'm a practitioner of prayer, I'm a minister, um, and so they come to me and they say, oh, Paul, I got, I got this problem. And they start telling me, I don't want to hear it. Please don't tell me what the problem is. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of problems, the economic, romantic, it could be work-related, anything could be argument with somebody. Um, that's not what it's about. I'm here to affirm with you of the power of God to come into your life and do what's right to help guide you into correct thinking, to realize that it's it's not an ego thing within you, but that it, it's beyond any ego, that you, we have to release ourselves in order to be able to contemplate the whole and to see the truth of the matter. And when you see it from the other person's side, 
perspective or whatever is going on. I lost my job, of course, because there's a much better job waiting for you. And the other thing is that people are so much into poverty consciousness. You know, oh, oh God, we have to raise the, the rent next month. How are we going to do it? Where's the money going to come from? And people forget that they have unlimited wealth. Nana taught us that our spirituality is our wealth. Spirituality is our goal. If we don't have spirituality or develop it, or to go discover it and find out what it means for us, then we're missing the riches of our lives. I know times can get difficult. There's a pandemic. Money's not flowing the way it did before. So it's harder for many people, including me even, to, to make ends meet. You know, I admit to that. But also I know that I am unlimited. I, I, there is just no limitation. I have a friend, she's a violinist. And she always has enough money. And I asked her, do you have, did your parents leave you money or do you have savings? How, where's all your money coming from? And she, she laughs and says, oh, I grow money trees. I have, I have a forest of money trees. These trees grow money. You can just go pick some money off and make somebody some money just drops down on the ground and you go pick it up. Well, she's metaphorically speaking about the fact that she does have unlimited capacity to um, have, to accept the riches of the universe, the, the wealth of all that there is. I'm not talking about garnering wealth in a way where you just take away from other people, which is what's happening now. Maybe the super, 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 super wealthy are getting richer, as they say, and the poor are getting poorer. Well, there may be some truth to that politically, economically, but it's not true for the individual. No individual should ever feel that they don't have their spirituality and their wealth as a result of that. When people get that point as non-autonomous, then they inherit the wealth of the universe. So whatever you need is attracted to you. You don't have to ask for anything. If, if you're praying to God, God, we need to have a thousand euros this month. We've got to be able to pay our expenses. God already knows your heart. God already knows your needs. You don't have to ask for it. You only affirm and you have gratitude for that which is coming. I am so grateful for that thousand euros which is coming to us. I know that it's on its way. I know that I'm attracting it to me by, by the power of my, of my belief in the truth and belief in God, in belief and have faith, have faith that I have spirituality and I have got the wealth of the universe 
at my hand to attract to me whatever there is that I need that is important to keep moving forward. I think it, it, it relieves the stress when you approach life from that perspective and then what's coming from you is more beautiful. It is. And, you know, it, it's hard to release the fear. That's the biggest thing, you know, like fear of the pandemic, fear of the Omicron, you know, fear of loss of your job or loss of your property, loss of your home. You know, those are, those are fears that, but we can't live by that kind of fear. But I think you're you know, also taking... You're also taking the brain out of this fright or flight behavior and you're allowing your intellect to start to create and absorb a new way of life, which within itself solutions come. Because if you're in that zone of fright or flight, you can't think straight. You, you just can't. You're kind of just. It's like oh. as if you're sewn into a square box and you can't make your way out of it to find that solution you so need that's why because when, when you know when you know that you are taken care of all through life no matter how difficult it is you're taken care of you get through it you know you get look at look at all of us we got through some of the worst things that could ever happen right we, we all had terrible experiences we got through them we made it through the universe takes care of us and we have to be able to acknowledge that and receive it in a way that that is very meaningful and and, and find the truth in that that we attract to ourselves that which we think was one key point I think that you brought into an earlier episode when you were speaking similarly on this topic and that was the common good for all meaning that you shouldn't be all about the individual you should be into the common good for all which is a key thing that isn't spoken about in what I've listened to very clearly yes um the common good is the fact that we are surrounded by a universe. But, you know, we're just not living on a planet with the sky. We're surrounded by space and time in every direction. So are we going to look at it and be afraid? Uh, because we haven't yet been able to move into space and time very far. We can go to some planets, but that's about it. 
we, we haven't been able to go to another planet. And, you know, they say, well, it takes so long. You're going to have to go through cryogenics to get there that by the time you arrive, everyone on Earth will be dead <laughs> because it took so long. So that doesn't make sense. No, you have to be able to go closer to the speed of light, but not reach it because Einstein says you get too big. But but the <laughs> but the point is that we are surrounded by by love, and what we I'm talking about universal love. Universal no, love, not the interpretation that media puts on it, mainstream media. No, no, and I'm not talking about romantic love. Yes, romantic love is wonderful when it happens, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about universal love. Now, what is universal love? Is the universe just a, a mechanical thing of just stars and galaxies and black holes and, and nothing else? Are we just living in a mechanical universe? Well, there are people who believe that. There's existentialism that philosophy really promulgated that that old point. Nietzsche, you know, I mean, yes, there is a, a, a nihilism, nihilism meaning that nothing really does exist and it all doesn't matter. But, you know, that's not the truth. Not in my mind. In my mind is that just imagine all the energy of the universe that surrounds us. I mean, it takes maybe so many, so many millions of years for the light of stars to reach us. I think life has many people on a particular role of movement. And what I mean by that is they get up every day. They have to manage their family, their jobs. They come home in the evening. For example, I was just commenting this evening. As I record this bonus episode, it's January here in Ireland and people leave their homes in the dark in the morning and they come home in the dark in the evening and in between they're at their offices and so forth. And they don't have the allowance of time to, con to consider these broader concepts of living, of what you're speaking about. And for those that find the time to consider these ideas, it offers just an opening of a door within a person's intellect that otherwise might remain closed if they remain on that role of movement. I understand what you're saying. And yes, that's true for probably the majority of the world. It's so like, it's so beneficial to allow your time when you can afford to do so, to have it not scheduled, to not plan things. I find that in the modern society that we live in, and I mean, Ireland is, I suppose, like America may have been 10 or 15 years ago, in the sense that now lives are becoming so scheduled that, you know, everything is organized. I'm going to the swimming pool now, and then I'll go to the park then, and then I'll go to my job, and then I'll come home and I'll make dinner at such a time or whatever. Everything is scheduled or everything is at a time in a lot of people's lives. But when you remove that and you allow just spontaneity and you just decide, okay, let's just take a walk because I want to take a walk. And it might be the darkness of a cloudless night where you can see the stars. And you just start to look up and you think, my goodness, what is up there? And then okay. you realize, 
and then you realize how small we are on this planet and it it's just years ago when i was in my local community i regularly would walk out at night in the winter time particularly because there were periods in our winter where you would get cloudless nights beautiful even in spring and you'd see all the planets that were in view at that period and then you'd see all the stars and you might see something shooting across and so forth i used to walk a three we had a a road in our community which was a three mile circle so i'd leave the little cottage and i'd walk this three mile circle and i got so absorbed and this was in the dark at night at 10 11 pm at night i'd go do it again and I'd be strolling slowly down the road, looking up, just soaking it in. And the thing about it is people found out that I was walking out on the road at that hour. And they said, oh, my goodness, is that safe to do? You shouldn't be doing that. Somebody could come along and, you know, scupper you. Now, this is in the middle of the Irish countryside, by the way, near the Shannon River. But I have to say rather than deciding to sit down and watch tv watch a movie um do some work on a computer it was of such huge benefit just to go out and absorb and soak it all in and suddenly ideas start to flow suddenly problem solvings start to happen solutions start to come and they might be the craziest think thoughts but you could say well maybe that solution might work Hmm, it's worth it. It's worth it. An attack to see will it work. And before you know, your life is, is taking on a new direction and it's a lot more spontaneous and creative. Um, and to be honest, from what I've seen, it saddens me to see how scheduled life has become because it's removing that part of the human experience. And I have been observing in recent months about the intellect of native peoples in africa that live out in nature they have no alarm clock to get up to now they're native peoples they don't have any of the things like we have houses expensive cars all these things but they're living in a way that's very very connected and a simple thing when they take something from nature they do a ceremony to give something back to nature if they kill an animal for their own survival in terms of eating meat and getting protein into their bodies, they do a ceremony to say thank you to the bigger power for giving them the opportunity to get the animal and have it for their own personal survival. And it's just this beautiful interaction of the bigger picture, the local picture, the individual picture and the human connection, which takes all the central part of all of that. So it's it's oh. a very interesting concept to just consider and observe. Uh, beautiful what you just said. I really appreciate that incredible dialogue that, that you, you just explained to us. Uh, and my commentary about the universe and walking and looking up at the stars or people fearing for your life, uh, you know, the more we... Well, I could say I'm still here. <laughs> so nothing happened. Well, I, you're still there, yes. And wonderfully there. And I, I was happy to make a schedule to come and see you today. 
that was, that was a joy to have schedule you in uh, to have this podcast. So uh, not all scheduling is difficult. The oh, I wouldn't say I'm that. Making... I, I wouldn't say that at all. But what I'm saying is every part of life shouldn't be scheduled. That's what I'm saying, that there should be some time during the week whereby you allow yourself to just be. Yes, whatever that means for you. Yes. And, and to just be getting back to um, the universe, so to speak, the stars, um, the more our minds are capable of reaching out to embrace them, to embrace the stars, to embrace the, the colossal depths of this universe as these great telescopes show us and reveal to us in pictures, the, the more that as we do it, the more it becomes safe for us to know that we are surrounded by all this uh, there's no words gigantic. I mean, there, there's no words in English to really describe uh, the intensity of, of space that surrounds us. But if we want to take it closer and just take it around, you know, the few thousand light years around us, <laughs> which sound pretty big to me, in those few thousand years of light around us, there's so much love, there's so much coming to us that's good. The universe is friendly. It's good. Sure. I mean, you want to avoid the black holes. You want to avoid the big uh, sunbursts. You know, uh, you get your spaceship can get burned up. You have to be careful about the immense power. It's just like you're not going to, you know, go take a swim in Niagara Falls. You know that you, you'll drown because of the power of the water. So there is that, that element there. But in, but in a broader sense, the universe is good. It's friendly. It's welcoming. It, it's filled with love. We are surrounded by love. And when we realize that, when we can feel the love just around us, even just the love for humanity, the love for the people of the world, the love for our friends and family, the people who love us, adore us, and care for us, there are, there are many, I mean, maybe fewer in some lives and more in others, but it doesn't matter. You can count three or four friends, how lucky you are in life to have three or four friends. Some people have one and some people have 50, 100. It doesn't really matter. What matters is the love that's coming towards you, that surrounds you, that you can call upon at any one time. And then there is always the Supreme Being and that we can always be surrounded by that and know that the love of God is there to hold us dear, dear, dearly, and that we're not alone and that we're always protected, no matter how difficult the circumstances. Well, I think it's a beautiful way to finish this bonus podcast and for people to get your music and to just have that in their background with the memory of what you've spoken about on this bonus episode, where can they go? Waterfall, waterfallmusic.com. Just like and waterfall can... and music, one word, dot com. And <laughs> if you want to reach out to Paul and um, maybe communicate with him and just after you've listened to his music and you might like to give him some feedback, 
um, where can they contact you or what is your main email? Again, waterfallmusic at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the Paul Lloyd Warner podcast series with Music Secrets Exposed as your host. Stay tuned for more podcast productions as Paul Lloyd Warner has quite a story to tell. You may also go to waterfallgiving.com and learn more about licensing distribution of music, NFTs, vinyl, collector sets, merchandise, membership, and so much more. Thank you again and enjoy.